Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Daf Shavu as we study Maseches Yevamos Daf Chav Tes. I want to take a step back before we get inside to some uh, halachla masa issues to look at the forest of what we accomplish in Maseches Yevamos beyond the specific Yevamos issues. And I'm doing this as a reminder, especially as we get to Daf Chav Tes Summit Beis, of our whole tahalich, our entire process of marriage today. And it's important at times, even when we're getting caught up in Mesechus Yivamos, Baruch Hashem, to see how this applies Bizman Hazeh, not just in the context of Yivamos, which is a relatively a very rare situation, but marriage in general. You know, we've been studying these parshios, as I'm recording this year before, parshas Vayishlach, Tavshin Pe'alif, and Yaakov marrying Rachel, Leah, we discussed this in, in the last year, the entire courting process of Eliezer trying to find a woman for Yitzchak. I believe what's happening here, and you'll see how I put this back into our daf, is the Torah here is really modeling a form of what the marriage process is supposed to be like. Obviously not exactly because we don't have exact matchups to the halachas before Sinai and after Sinai. But the Rambam tells us in the beginning of Ishus, that be the, the halachas of Ishus, that before Matan Torah, there was a concept of Nisuin, but it was very random, very haphazard. A man would meet a woman in the Shuk, they decide to get married, and there was some formal uh, agreement, and there was a relationship there. We see a much uh, more developed process, even in Sefer Bereshis. In fact, Rabbi Salavechik points out, and you could find this in Reflections of the Rav as well as in other places, that Yitzchak bringing Rivka into the tent of Sarah was not just uh, so they could say hello to each other. There was already some type of commitment, but the commitment was not through the two of them, through their getting to know each other. So it's very nice to have Eliezer as the shliach, it's nice to have all the scenes up until this moment. And any aspect of marriage that we have, even today, is going to have every step along the way, is going to have some halachic import, which reflects the seriousness of this relationship. And I want to tell you that this applies even to a down payment that is made for a wedding call or that's made for a band. Because we'll get to this a little bit more extensively later on in the daf. The whole Indian of Tanayim. <clears throat> you hear very often a Masadic Kedushin or, or someone saying, you know, Tanayim today doesn't really mean anything. It's an overstatement. It doesn't have the same import that it had in the past, but I'll just give you an application. I was at a wedding a couple months ago, COVID wedding, where Shechta Shlita was a Masadic Kedushin, and he actually wrote out two Tanayim. I read the Tanayim. He wrote out two Tanayim, and he handed one copy of the Tanayim to one side and the other copy to the other side. And I said, Rav Shechter, what exactly is going on here? Two Tanayim? And Rav Shechter explained to me, I guess it's very basic, that if we are going to treat the Tanayim as a serious document, to what extent has to be discussed, then there's a meeting of the minds between the two sides. The Tanayim are made between the father of the Chasen and the father of the Kala. And therefore, each one should have a copy. That's the way it works with the contract. Each side to it has a copy. 
again, this reflects the seriousness associated with it. We then have to do an exact analysis of where Tanayim fits in. But to say that it means nothing is absolutely not true. And this will come up again in Mesechus Yuvamas when we're going to meet Rav. Rav, who pops up in a number of places with this discussion in Shas, of why you cannot have Arison as the first step of marriage, which means we have today, of course, and we'll talk about this more as we get to the second daf, we have Arison and Nesuin mixed together under the chuppah, and something before that we call engagement. But you very often hear people say the engagement doesn't mean anything in the process. Absolutely not true. It means something. Because the Gemara says, and we'll learn this later on, so I don't want to give it all away today, that Rav felt that someone who doesn't have what's called shiduchin, some type of stage before Ayerson, even in a situation back then when they had Ayerson up to a year in advance, and for sure today, when you're not technically, halachically, as many would say, engaged until Kiddushin, there's still something earlier that has legal import. And this is true with any type of contract, and especially in the world of Ishus. So these are some of the issues that come up. The reason why I think it, not why, but the reason why it's uh, so relevant to Mesechus Yivamos is because sometimes you get very caught up in the Yivamos issue. And what's happening on this daf, and we've seen this before and we'll see it again, and Ma'amar here is going to be the application, is Chazal say, listen, we understand that according to Torah law, there's an idea of Yibam. As soon as the brother dies, there's a Zika, assuming that all the, the facts are on the table, no children, there's a brother that's available. So there's a Zika. And really, technically, they could go have relations without the formal wedding ceremony. And Mazel Tov. And we've discussed in the past how Isha supplies in this situation. But Chazal dial it back. And Chazal, even in Yibum, are going to introduce, for the seriousness of marriage, are going to introduce different stages. Now, it's not going to have to go back as far as we do in a regular marriage situation because there's already a connection between the two. See, when we get further into the halachas of Ishus, and you see this in Yavamas, and you see this in Ksubas, and you see this in Kiddushin, those are the main places, you see it in other Masechtas as well, we want to make sure that there is a meeting of the minds from the chasen, from the kala, and that the institution of marriage is being taken seriously. When it comes to Yibam, that's there as well, because remember Abba Shaw earlier in the Masechta, why Bizman Azeh, we're going to push Chalitza. We're not going to assume that Yibam takes place, except in very rare situations, because there has to be that meeting of the mind, and we want there to be Simcha between the two sides. There shouldn't be a forced marriage, but there's naturally a Zika that is connected between the two, and therefore you're not going to have to have a Tanayim, that takes place, most likely not, or all those earlier stages that we even see today taking place with marriage. So this will be a good setup. We'll go through some of the interesting applications on Daf Aleph, on Lamites Amad Aleph. I want to share a fascinating expression that the Gemara has, which is symbolic of everything that I've said up until now. And then on Daf Lamites, smack in the middle, still in the early parts of Mesechus Yivamos, 
we have a review of the process of a regular, quote-unquote, marriage, Ishus, Erison, Nesuin, and Nafgamin is between the two. At the end of the Mishnah, Daf Chav test, not Lamed test, so the Mishnah has a statement. After teaching us the different halachos, where we have, a again, a Ruven Shimon Levi situation, and where we have a mamar, we've already pointed out that the mamar is the image, it's a, almost a facsimile of what we have in a regular erison. We're not going to just jump in, so we have an erison before the nesuin, and we have a mamar before the ibum. So the Gemara says in a situation where the Mishnah, Motzias Ishto beget of a chalitza, ve'ishas achiv bechalitza, so this guy Levi ends up, he's not able to be with either one. And therefore, Zohi Sha'amru, Eilei al Ishtov, Eilei al Eishas Achiv. The expression literally is, woe unto him over his own wife, and woe unto him is his brother's wife. Now, he hasn't done anything wrong, but you have to uh, no mistake, no fault of his own, a distressing situation where Levi is not able to take care of the Yavama, that he was uh, engaged to through Mamar, and the second one falls to him as well, and then we even see a suffaget that is introduced. I haven't seen this expression in, in other places. I didn't do a full search, but again, it's reflecting some of the, the emotional aspect as well, and the suffolk and the svekas that we're dealing with, especially in the world of Ishus. I wanted to uh, bring us back to something you may have noticed. For those that uh, studied with us in Dafa Shavua, way, way back when we were learning uh, Mesechus Rosh Hashanah, this came up in Chagiga as well. And it was reminded to me by the, uh, amazing Rashi. I'm going to spend a few minutes, we're going to spell it out in a little bit more detail. But if you remember back when we were learning uh, Rosh Hashanah Chagiga, and you'll see how this ties in even today, so there's a mitzvah of Ola Regal. But a woman doesn't have the same obligation as a man because it's a mitzvah seishas man grama. But we have pointed out, and we know this applies today, that there is a mitzvah of simcha for a woman on a chag. The man has to make his wife happy. The wife's supposed to be happy. The whole family, you know, the Rambam Hilchus Yomtev Perik Vav discusses these halachas. And in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, there was the the carbon shlamim. And we discussed back then from Rishonim and Achronim that a woman has to stay tahor during the time of Ola Regal so she should be able to take advantage of the Shalmei Simcha. Not because she has to go up to the Beis Amigdash and to be Ola Regal. So this was discussed. We, the Shagas Arya, the Turayevan, back in Masechus Rosh Hashanah, we discuss this in detail. It actually slips in through an incredible Rashi, or it incredibly slips in through Rashi and Daf Chof Teslam and Beis. So I'm making this note, and we'll go back to Maseches Rosh Hashanah and Maseches Chagiga to prove this point. What happens is when Erison takes place, and a lot of the, these, a lot of this is spelled out in. Uh, Suvis and Daf Memches on the base, you have it in Kiddushin as well. But when Ayerson takes place, though there is a form 
of marriage between the husband and the wife. Let's talk about Bisman Hagamara, where the, the engagement could take place up to a year in advance. We actually have certain situations in the, in the Gemara in Agadic sections, three years, but generally it was a year or so in advance and everybody got ready for the wedding, make a living, get prepared and matured. We just discussed this in the past. So there is a status of Asia Sish that does apply. Rabbi Soloveitchik explained it, that there's Aishas Ish, the first stage is Birshus Aviha in her father's house. And then what changes is Aishas Ish, after the Nisuin, she's now an Aishas Ish in the house of her husband. Now there's a lot more than just that uh, nice expression. And one of the examples of halachas that applies is that after marriage, a husband and a wife are allowed to be metame for each other in a situation where he's a kohen. So he could be metame for her. Right? That would be considered one of the krovin. We're not going to get into Daraisa Drabanan, but let's take that for granted. But the Gemara here also points out on Chavtes Amabes that the woman is allowed to become tame for him. But once Nisuin takes place, but not Arison, that's going to be one of the differences. And you would think, okay, that doesn't really apply today, but I want to show you how it does apply. Now, what's the Chiddush? A woman is not considered to be a Kohen as far as, uh, there's no question. If you have a Mrs. Kohen, a woman who's married to a Katz who happens to be a Kohen, or to a Kohen who happens to be a Kohen, she could go to any Leviah. Okay, there's going to be a question, what happens with her husband and her connection with her husband? But she doesn't take on the same status as a Kohen, even today, right? A wife of a Kohen, there's no issue to go to a Leviah. So Rashi, Rashi points out, he gives two explanations here. In the second explanation, he relates this back to the Gemara and Rashan and Chagiga, that once marriage takes place, she would be able to become Tame in a situation of being Olarego. But again, what's the question? So this brings us back to what we established in a very long-winded way. I've tried to explain it in Rosh and Chagiga, that she does have to retain the status in order to eat from the Shalmei Chagiga. And what it's showing, again, fast-forwarding it to Bismana Zez, first of all, you learn about a Mrs. Cohen, but also how significant the mitzvah of Simchas Chag is today. And we don't say that's considered to be only for the men and not for the women. This would be a proof to that much bigger discussion. And there are practical differences today as far as how do you express Simcha. You know, the Rambam says in Perik Vav, Hilchus Yom Tov, that the husband, if he's in, in control of the funds, has to buy clothes or jewelry for his wife. It's not just a nice thing to do on Yom Tov. It ends up, it's a chiv. And here you see the extent of the chiv. That would not be Bisman Harrison. That would only be after Nisuin. Another fascinating aspect to this uh, broader discussion of the relationship and the difference between Harrison and Nisuin is the status of Aninus. We know we learned this in Moe Katan, and unfortunately we know from real life is that when someone passes away, one of the immediate relatives, 
So the surviving relatives are in the status of aninos. Aninos where you're generally supposed to be focused on the needs of the person that has passed away. It's also a din of kavod for that individual that has passed away. So we don't just go on with our regular uh, liturgical lives, ritual lives. Obviously, we can't do low assays. So what happens after Arison? Okay, there's a formal Arison. I don't want to give the situation today if Rachman the husband, would pass away under the chuppah after the Arison. But let's go back to the old days when Arison took place. So as we pointed out, the woman stays in her father's house at this point. And by the way, as the Rambam reminds us, even if we don't do that today, even if the Ishus, the, the Irisin took place through Bia, because those who learned the Masechus Kedusha knew Kesev Shtar Bia, even in that situation, the woman still has to stay in her father's home until the Nesuin takes place. The, one of the ways Nesuin takes place, according to many Rishonim, is based on the Gemara Masechus Ksuvis, is actually the entry into the home. Today our Nesuin is a little bit different, and maybe that's what the chuppah symbolizes. Bezras Hashem will all study Masechus Ksuvis together, and we'll spell this all out. Fascinating discussion. But what is the status? Let's say it's a year in advance, and then Rahman al-Islan, her husband, because it is technically a husband. Remember, a get would be required even before Nesuin, assuming there's Arison, not Tanayim, but real Arison. What's the status between the two of them as far as Aninos goes? And we're told here in our Gemara that Aninos does not apply. So what you're really seeing is, on one hand, and I want to explain this a bit hashkafically, with Arison, there's a formal bond between the husband and the wife. But it's not yet an intimate bond. And the intimacy, one of the ways that intimacy is reflected is actually through Aninas. This, I'm not talking about physical in- intimacy, but the emotional intimacy of the connection, that you could be in a situation where a get would be required, but yet you don't, don't fall under the realm of Aninas. Another uh, famous application that's also spelled out on this daf is the question of nedarim. We know that in addition to being matir nedar, there's also hafaris nedarim. Seems that in the house of your father, the father still has some aspect of control. We're not going to get into the whole mesechus nedarim sugya. But once going into the father's, the, the husband, then the, whole, the husband has that authority. The bigger discussion, which we're not going to get into, but once you see Nadarim being mentioned, does that mean that the woman has no voice? And that obviously is not going to be the situation. You're never going to have a situation in, in an Ishra's relationship where we don't take into account the feelings of the woman, and also how those feelings manifest itself la So again, spend some time if you can, especially on Daf Chavtes Amid Beis. It's just a great opportunity to go through some of the history, especially in light of the parshios that we're reading, and some of the, the technical aspects of the marriage process. Uh, when I was learning, not Yuvamis, but when I was learning Supus with my Rebbe, Raparnas, you know, he always uh, took a little time when we were studying these sugyas 
and he was very much focused on the daf, but he would take a step back to remind us of what marriage is and the seriousness of marriage and how this manifests itself in the different stages and how we're going to get again later into the Masechta how Rav was not satisfied just with the formality of Erisin and Nisuin that you see him issuing Malchus to a number of types of people who would have gone maybe according to the letter of the law but there was a certain spirit of Hilchas Ishus that was left out have a great week of learning